Meister Eckhart, a great German mystic, puts it powerfully. He says, you should bother less about what you ought to do and think more about what you ought to be. Because if your being were good, then your works would shine forth brightly. So it's your being that needs to be transformed. That's the fire. How would you transform your being? What would you do? Nothing. For your being to be transformed, you need to see. To see something which will change you. You don't get changed by working on yourself. Here in this country, you're pretty famous for fixing things. And that's a great gift. But when you try to fix persons, you're likely to run into trouble. You don't have to do anything. You've got to see things in a new way. The great George Fox put it so well. He said, when he had this tremendous experience, this tremendous enlightenment or illumination, he said the whole world was the same. But it looked different. Change that comes about through seeing something. The metanoia, the repentance, repent for the kingdom of God has come. Repentance doesn't mean crying for your sins. Repentance means look at everything in a new way. A change of mind, a change of heart. That's what it's all about. Literally, another mind, another way of looking at things, another way of seeing everything. That's the transformation we're talking about. When that comes, you change, your deeds change, your life changes, that's the fire. Now, what do you need in order to see things in a new way? Get ready for a big surprise. You don't need strength. You don't need youthfulness. You don't need self-confidence. You don't need willpower. You don't need effort. What do you think you need? You need the willingness to think the unfamiliar. The willingness to see something new. And that's the last thing that most human beings want. They don't want to see anything different. From what, from what they've been seeing all along. That's why when Jesus came, he had so much difficulty with his good news. Not only because it was good, people don't like to hear good things. They want to suffer, they want to be miserable, though they don't know it. Read that book, Games People Play, and you'll discover how they're unconsciously wanting to produce their suffering. So they don't like the good part of the good news, but they don't like the new part of the good news news. Tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you something by which you can test yourself. Are you ready to look at things in another way? But a caution in the beginning. Don't take anything that I'm saying 
because I'm saying it, because it wouldn't do you any good. You've probably swallowed too much from other people. Now, don't you swallow anything from me. I love those great words of Buddha. He says, monks and scholars must not accept my words out of respect, but must analyze them the way a goldsmith analyzes gold, by rubbing, scraping, cutting, melting. That's the way to do it. On the one hand, openness, receptivity. On the other hand, the willingness to question, to think for yourself. Otherwise, you will lapse into gullibility, into mental laziness. We don't want that. So here comes the first test. Are you suffering? Do you have problems? Could it be said of you that you're not enjoying every single minute of your life? Did you enjoy the last three hours, every single minute of those last three hours? If the answer is no, if the answer is you are suffering, you are disturbed, you do have problems, there's something wrong with you, seriously wrong, you're asleep, you're dead. Now I bet that with most of you, no one has ever told you this. This is natural to have problems. It's human to suffer. I'd better explain that bit about suffering. You know, you could be in pain and suffer, or you could be in pain and not suffer. There's a great master who was asked by his disciples, what did enlightenment bring you? And he says, well, before enlightenment, I used to be depressed. After enlightenment, I continue to be depressed. But there's a big difference. Suffering means to be disturbed by your depression. That's what I mean by suffering. Suffering means to be disturbed by your pain, by your depression, by your anxiety. It's quite likely that as you embark upon this way of prayer, in the beginning the depressions will continue to come and the anxieties will continue to come. But you know, in the old days, these were like clouds that passed through the sky and you identified yourself with the clouds. Now you're the sky. You're detached from them. But they continue to come and go. Before enlightenment, I used to be depressed. After enlightenment, I continue to be depressed. Well, where do you think suffering comes from? People say from life. Life is tough. Life is hard. The Chinese say, in all the universe, there is nothing so cruel as nature. There is no escape from it. And yet, it isn't nature that does the damage, but the person's own heart. That's where the suffering comes from. It isn't life that is hard on you, it is you who take it hard. Last month, somebody in New York told me that there's an African tribe that when they sentence people to death, they don't have the gallows, they don't have the executioner's axe, they don't have any electric chair. You know what they do? They banish them. You are sent into exile. And within a week, the man or the woman dies. They just die. We say, you kill them. 
the sentence of banishment killed him. No, no. You know why? You and I would probably be banished and we might feel it a bit, but we wouldn't die for heaven's sake. What do you think killed him? He killed himself. His programming killed him. His way of looking at that banishment, that's what killed him. Not the banishment itself. You've heard of students everywhere in the world who take their examination so seriously that if they fail the exam, they commit suicide. Now you and I might feel it a bit if we failed the examination, we wouldn't commit suicide. What do you think killed that guy? What do you think killed that girl? The failure? No, the way she reacted to the failure. When you're planning a picnic and your picnic gets rained out, what's causing the negative feeling in you? The rain or your reaction? You know, this comes as a big shock to people who've been praying for decades but never saw this. That's one of the dangers of prayer. It might prevent you from seeing the fire. Apply this to yourself. I'm going to go slowly now, okay? So, think, even as I talk, think of something that is disturbing you right now during these days or something that disturbed you in the recent past. Think. An attempt to understand that the disturbance is not coming from outside, not from the events, not from the fact that somebody died or that you made a mistake or that you met with an accident or that you lost your job or your money. It comes from the way that you are reacting to the event, to the person, to the thing that is upsetting you. If somebody else had been in your place, he or she would quite conceivably not be disturbed. You are. How come? We need to do something with you, not with reality for the time being. But most people will plunge headlong into changing reality. A couple of weeks ago, I was in St. Louis and there was a priest there who came up to me and said he had helped a friend who was suffering from AIDS. And uh, he said, a strange thing happened to this man. He said to me, I only began to live when the doctor told me that I had AIDS and I was sure to die. Would you believe that? He said, I've helped about 30 people like this. And he said, anywhere from 12 to 15 said something similar to me. How would it be that one person would react in one way, another in another, to the same stimulus? That has something to do with your programming. Somebody broke his promise to you? Somebody rejected you? 
Someone abandoned you? You know something? No one has ever hurt you in the whole of your life. No one. No event has ever upset you. This was done by you. In fact, it wasn't even done by you because we wouldn't do this deliberately. It was done by your conditioning, by your programming, by the way you looked at things and at life. That's what needs to be changed, the change of mind. Let me give you another test. Think of any problem you have with any person. Do you find this person unreliable, selfish, rejecting? Do you find this person irritating, lazy, moody? I'm reminded of the woman who goes to her doctor and the doctor says to her, did you wake up grumpy this morning? She says, no, he was fast asleep, so I thought I'd let him be. Think of someone like this. Now, you know, if you're having difficulties with this person, get ready for a shock. There's something wrong with you. There are no difficulties in dealing with human beings. None. If we could change you, everything would change. Let's see if you can grasp this. If you change, they would change. You're really seeing people, not as they are, but as you are. 